Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I am your host, Cannabis Sativa. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and would like to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at ICSativaPodcast. You can also find and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Anchor FM, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us can bump up the pod in their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a supporter of this podcast and support us. We plan on doing big things with this humble little project, such as going to trade shows, visiting other MMJ or recreational states, and doing on-field work. And by supporting us, this helps us to keep the lights on, pay for rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to www.anchor.fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa Podcast slash support. Again, that is www.anchor.fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa Podcast slash support. And you can also check out our newly minted um, page on Patreon. We're now on Patreon now. Um, and you can check us out as at www.patreon.com slash IC Sativa Podcast. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. And we also have a $5 tier if you're feeling extra generous. Any little bit helps. And we would really appreciate your support if you have the funds to do so. Hello, everyone. Um, hope all is well. It's um, 12.23 p.m. in Legal Grass at Chasets, the heartland of America. Um, I hope you guys are having a good Tuesday as I'm, I'm having, um, it's pretty hectic. Um, my, my, um, my, um, work or whatever. We, we had a, we had a lot to do. We were really, really swamped and, um, you know, had to stay like an hour later and stuff, but, um, means an hour more money, which is good. So, I mean, there's a silver lining in that, but, um. That's not why I'm doing this address right now. Um, so I got this, like, when I got out of work and got on my Twitter, got on the Twitter. Oh, man, I'm sounding, I'm sounding old now. But, yeah, when I got on the Twitter, um, <laughs> I saw this, like, messed up story from Pennsylvania. And um, it really, the story really underscores why even in... I, and I've said this multiple times, even in like advanced states, like, um, even in like really advanced states, like, um, like that have medical marijuana, like Arizona or, or Michigan or, um, Florida or, well, let's not count Florida cause they're just, they've just started it, but I, I think they're eventually going to plateau. I mean, I know their numbers are soaring, but I think they're eventually going to plateau because of the issue I'm going to talk about. But, um, in a lot of these, and, and Maine too, that's a powerhouse in Montana as well. But in a lot of these states, you don't have the pop, even though so many people have chronic illnesses that can benefit from marijuana. In most of these states, including California, at the peak of their 
of the peak of the Prop 215 before legalization, they had about 3% of the population or like a million and some changed people as medical marijuana patients. But the reason why you don't have it go beyond 3%, like I've said in other episodes, is A, people get drug tested at their jobs. So to keep their job that provides for their husband, their 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 children or whatever, or to 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 move up in the in their job or their profession, they have to say drug free. And even in a lot of states where medical marijuana is legal, because of it's fe- it's because it's still federally illegal, um, y- y- you know, um, these these employers feel that they're not under any obligation to accommodate medical use like any other prescription. So you have people who are like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to forgo all that. I'm just going to take these. I know these pharmaceuticals are bad and aren't or are, are giving or making me even sicker in other ways. But I mean, I got I got I got kids to feed. I got a house. I got a mortgage to pay. I got a car note to pay. I can't take the gamble in, on cannabis. You know, that that's a huge reason why people don't use it and why you, you never have these these states, these advanced states go much beyond 3% of the population, you know, buying into medical marijuana or enrolling in the registry or whatever. But another major reason, like, like I've mentioned, is, is, is gun ownership and... And, um, the paranoia that, um, if they become a med, well, one, when you're a medical marijuana patient, when you fill out the ATF, you can, the ATF says, even if you, even if you're using medical marijuana in a legal medical or adult, you say you can't, you can't own guns. The ATF form says that, but, um, a lot of people are like, don't want to be in a government registry because they're concerned that. You know, even if even if their state does make like a carve out for guns or whatever for medical marijuana, they're concerned that 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 cops can access this registry, see that they have guns and then come and bust them and come and federally or, 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 or statewide prosecute them or whatever. You know, people being able to have their Second Amendment rights is a huge, huge deterrent for many veterans accessing medical marijuana, for many people in general accessing it. And they need guns to, to hunt. They need guns to protect their property and family. You know, I mean, I'm, a, I'm as progressive as you can get, but I'm, I'm, I'm very sort of libertarian when it comes to guns. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I agree with progressives in the sense that you need you know, you need background checks. You need basic background checks. You know, you need, you know, you, I mean, do, do, does everyone, their mom need an AR-15? Probably not. But I don't, I, I don't have anything against the second amendment as a whole, you know, like if, if I don't ever see myself personally having children or whatever, or if I do, I'm, I see myself being one of those men who's like 50 years old and has like a four-year-old daughter like I feel like I, I I don't feel like I'm gonna mature into that for a while, you know. I, I feel like I'm, I'm I'm a bit slower to mature than some other people, <laughs> but I mean I, I I poke fun of it, but it's whatever. And you know I I mean maybe when I'm in my forties or fifties I might feel ready to have a kid, and hopefully I meet a wife that's you know on that same page. But but um anywho um but I I don't have anything against the Second Amendment. I really don't. 
but um but this this messed up Pennsylvania article that we're gonna read right now. It's from the Pennsylvania Capital Star and it's 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 written by Stephen Caruso and it says in the first ever hearing on legalizing cannabis, House GOP focuses on P Pennsylvania gun owners. It in what was likely the first hearing on recreational cannabis in Pennsylvania House history, Republican lawmakers on Monday focused on the potential risk to gun owners who might partake. Marijuana is still a federally scheduled narcotic, meaning an individual cannot, under federal law, legally own a gun and use cannabis. Again, this is for culture war posturing issues. Cannabis is way, way safer than alcohol and opiates. Everyone knows it. But the reason, but it's like, it's like the Nixon administration said, you know, we couldn't make it illegal to be against the war or to be black. So if we associate cannabis with hippies and then heroin with black people and drugs with, with, with minorities and stuff, then, you know, we can, we can stigmatize both and we can bust, but we can bust both groups that we don't like. And that, and that Paul, that sense of politics still permeates to this day, you know, marijuana is seen as, as in the domain as a, of, of, of fish, fish, um, fish concert goers and grateful deadheads, you know, it's seen as a hippie leftist drug, you know, leftist minority drug. That, that that rappers use or that jazz musicians use and it's going to ruin it's going to ruin the lily white composition of america so we have to punish cannabis as much as possible and that includes drug testing and, and and job discrimination to to make it known that if you're going to be a degenerate we're going to treat you like one that includes um housing discrimination that includes denying, um, you know, loans to people that work in the cannabis industry, loans for them to buy houses or whatever. There are stories of that. Look it up. Um, and that and that also includes, like we we're seeing now, the ban on, on on cannabis users not being able to own guns. It's like, oh, if you're going to partake in that minority degenerate BS, you know what? We're going to treat you like one, and we're not gonna we're gonna we're going to cut cut you out of a lot of rights that a lot of Americans have. And that's 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 the whole war on cannabis in a nutshell. That's 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 why you have this law. It isn't because there's a scientific reasoning behind it and because you know mixing cannabis and and guns or whatever is is any more unsafe than mixing alcohol and guns. It, there's no real scientific basis. It's a culture war basis. That's, all, that's, that's what's upholding this. Marijuana is still a federally scheduled narcotic, meaning an individual under federal law legally can't own a gun or use cannabis. The Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, Explosive, Explosive, established the policy in 2011, 2011 letter to federal firearm sellers. If a user lies on their ATF form, they are guilty of a felony. According to Stephen Caruso, who wrote the article. And 
Arnold, and this is this is a tweet in, embedded in the article. Arnold, under questioning from Rep. Pam DeLiso, De said that he doesn't know of any cases where federal authorities have cracked down on pot-smoking, gun-toting Pennsylvanians for breaking federal law. I think that this is one of the lesser-known issues. Judiciary Committee Chairman Rob Kaufman, Republican Franklin, said after the hearing. He added that as Pennsylvania is an extraordinary state when it comes to gun ownership and Second Amendment rights, residents would likely want to know more before the Commonwealth considers legalization. A 2015 story f study from Boston and Columbia Universities estimated that 27.1% of Pennsylvanians were gun owners, two percentage points less than the national average. The impact of cannabis use for gun owners would not be a new issue for Pennsylvania, which made marijuana available to some medical patients available in 2018. Dave Arnold, Lebanon County District Attorney, said patients at the moment must choose between cannabis and owning a gun. A representative from the state's Sheriff's Association testified Monday that not having access to the Department of Health records in interferes with a sheriff's ability to issue concealed carry permits. Well, well, well good. I don't want these cops have proven time and time again in this country that they're a a lot of times and I'm not saying all cops that they're a racist, that b they love to profile people of color and 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 give them random tickets they would not give white people. And and B, they, you know, it's all about meeting a quota and getting money, getting overtime money and putting money in the state coffers. It's not about serving and protecting for the vast majority of cops out there. I'm not saying that there aren't cops that take the job seriously and that 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 call to task um, bad cops that are just using using it as a as a quota scheme and as a money making scheme for the state or whatever. I mean, there are plenty of cops that, that take it seriously that, you know, I've, I've heard stories from co-workers that were cops that, you know, talked about having to deal with domestic abuse and, and having that be like his most common caseload or whatever, and how those were very, very tough and how they would have to sort of de-escalate those situations. Like, I, I feel for them when they have to do things like that. But what I don't feel for is, 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 is a, um, is a, a cop or is a, um, is a cop or a sheriff or whatever being like, oh, this, it's so sad that we, we don't have access to this database so we can, you know, we can drum up charges or we can deny people permits or yada yada or we can make a stink. Well, 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 well good. We don't want you to because you've been shown you can't be trusted. Monday's hearing also served as an opening salvo from the House GOP in the growing debate over cannabis legalization in Pennsylvania, a debate at least partially fueled by Lieutenant Gover Governor John Fetterman's recently completed listening tour. Speaking to the, the Capitol Star in May, after the journey ended in Philadelphia, Fetterman estimated that some, somewhere around two-thirds of Pennsylvanians back legalizing cannabis for personal use. The 67-county tour hit the entire state in less than 100 days and took input from tens of thousands of state residents. 
we had good participation across the board. And as was this, the case, if there was a legislature or even commissioner who felt strongly that they wanted to speak and share their views, it's like, here's the microphone, Fetterman told the Capitol Star. It was very open in that regard. There wasn't anybody that participated that left the, that meeting saying, wow, I really felt like you steered, I really felt like you steered the conversation. Kaufman said Monday's hearing was not time to coincide with the end of, of Fetterman's sojourn, calling it happenstance. The hearing included law enforcement as well as representatives from gun rights and gun control groups. They mostly balked on giving an opinion on marijuana legalization, but explained that the existing conflict between state and, and, and federal law would create issues for gun owners. Adjacent issues such as how to conduct effective field sobriety tests with a driver suspected of using cannabis were also raised. Some lawmakers used the hearing as a platform to express their concerns over legalization in general. So a couple more tweets from the author of, of the article. So Stephen Caruso, Arnold, under, under questioning from Rep. Pam DeLizzo, she said he doesn't know of any cases of federal authorities having cracked down on pot-smoking gun-toned Pennsylvanians for breaking the law. Rep. Jerry Knowles, a no-vote of medical marijuana, also opposed a decrim bill last year. I might have to put his information on the, sh on the show notes for voting against medical marijuana. What kind of piece of garbage are you? You know, even if you don't indulge, allowing people to suffer because of... because because cannabis is against the Bible to you or because you don't want your, you don't want your town to have cannabis because you know, it might draw the wrong people or whatever xenophobic excuse you have, or you're more of an alcohol person and you think weed people are degenerates and you don't want weed around because of that, because of your personal preference. So again, I'm going to put his information in the show notes so that he can get kicked out of office as soon as possible. Kaufman said Monday's hearing is just the start. Consideration for a legalization bill from Rep. Jake Wheatley D. Allegheny could mean deep dives into the impact on human service spending or liquor control board, which would manage the program per the legislation's language. I think there's going to be a lot of discussion and conversation over the next few years prior to acting on any of those pieces of legislation, Kaufman said. Wheatley told the Capitol Star he liked the angle of hearing and, and hopes it will help convince Republicans to support legalization. In response to Second Amendment concerns, the veteran legislator said he's preparing a letter to Democratic Attorney General Josh Shapiro asking him to challenge the federal government's interference with gun rights of Pennsylvania citizens who have a medical card. Good. I, I like that. I like I, I like that this is being addressed. I really do. Because you shouldn't have to choose between protecting yourself and protecting your property and protecting your family, protecting your kids over your medicine. You, excuse me. You could still you could have Oxycontin, you know, to the extent that the doctors, few doctors are still prescribing it. And no one's going to come and take away your guns and no one's going to 
you're not going to be breaking the ATF or the federal government isn't going to really be gunning for you if you're if you have an oxy prescription and you have guns or if you drink if you have a whiskey all over you have handles of whiskey you have entire cabinets full of whiskey like some people like to do entire cabinets full of wine yet yeah, the ATF doesn't care because alcohol is in the ATF <laughs> but um okay let's leave off let's let's continue why should our residents be burdened with the fear that the feds are going to somehow make it illegal to own and bear arms when in our state we said it's legal, Wheatley said. Good rep. But Wheatley isn't on board with Kaufman's proposed year-long time for years-long time frame for legalization. Exactly. If, if, if the Lieutenant Governor, Governor Fetterman, Lieutenant Governor Fetterman said that two-thirds of the people in, in the listening tours in all the counties of the Keystone State said that they want it legal, you know, that's a mandate. You're not being told to do it at this. You're not being asked to do it at this point. You're being told to do it by the people. And if you're going to use reefer madness and culture war posturing to continue blogging that, you need to get out of office and find a new line of work. Period. All right. Um, with with legalization in Congress to reschedule marijuana or or limit federal regulation, Wheatley said Pennsylvania should be pushing forward with a solution that fits the state. "Quote: All it takes is leaders willing to lead." Wheatley said, "It shouldn't take a year." Preach, preach, Rep. Wheatley, preach. End of article. Um, I mean, I don't have too much more to add. I've already said all that I sort of needed to say in, you know, while reading the article. So I'm just going to wrap things up. You know, as always, um, stay medicated, my friends. Fight tyranny. Fight fake legalization. Fight new prohibition. And fight for your Second Amendment rights as a as, as a medical marijuana patient in, in, in Pennsylvania and all over the country. You know, we shouldn't have to, we shouldn't have to sacrifice this right, a right, a right to stay healthy because of culture war BS. We shouldn't. But, uh, again, as always, um, stay medicated, my friends, free the plant, free the people and fight tyranny. Peace out.